Hello and welcome to Geeks Can't, the home of RPG goodness and general tomfoolery. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening is uh, the Dapper DM, Troy Sandlin. Hello. There you go. Stay a while. Stay a while. And then uh, uh, former co-DM of the air, mm-hmm. John Christian. It's, it's all right here. Hello. Right there. It, it, says it, on, it says it on my... I've got a sticker for that now, right? Nice. Uh, oh. That's Kazan Sakut, my friends. We What's to, that? That's something we need to talk about. Was that? Did you ever find out who put that sticker on your car? Yes, I did. I know. Yeah. I know exactly who did it now, and it was it was no one I would have thought that it was. It was. Uh, it was my my kids. It was their godfather. <laughs> he, he listened. He listens to the show every once in a while, and he just happened to listen to one where you guys were just kicking the crap out of me about uh, the whole blue nice. former co-former dm of the year like the whole mo- the whole moniker yeah and so the the what ended up happening is he ended up reaching out to my oldest and he bought like 10 of these these <laughs> magnetic thing he bought 10 of them he goes they were really cheap man i could i, I could totally do that again he goes if you ever if, like he already told me that uh when he gave them to he gave 10 of them all 10 of them to my daughter and her job was anytime i took one off and threw it away, burned it, shredded it, whatever, to put another one up. That's freaking awesome. So I went through at least like three or four, and I thought that somebody had dumpster dived to get them out of the trash or whatever. Or I'd like either I think I trashed one. I put one uh, like in my closet or something like that, and then something else like I did something else with the other ones. But she was she would keep going in there and and uh, or out there and putting it on the, the back of the van. So that's, that's excellent. Pretty, it's pretty great. I was. Uh, what was funny is like his how he told me too. He got he just like I messages me out of nowhere in text messages and goes, "Hey, how's it going, man?" I'm like, "Well, this is this is a pleasant surprise." A nice quick like like a, just a hey text message from Paul. Hey, I'm doing really great. What's going on? He goes, "So really weird thing about the the whole magnet on the back of your car thing. I heard about that." I was like, yeah, yeah, it's really it's, it's really I can't. He goes, "You have any idea who it is?" I'm like, no, not a clue. Then I go. Hmm. <laughs> dot dot dot. Eyes squint together. Hmm. And I go, Paul. <laughs> Is there something that you would like to tell me, Paul? <laughs> Why are you asking? Oh, no reason. Hmm. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> it's, I'm I'm picturing that scene in in the Princess Bride when Vicini switches to mugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh exactly. no reason. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny, man. I cracked up for a while on that one. That's awesome. Yeah, you want to talk about bugged out though? I could not fathom <laughs> how that happened. I just mm. like nobody. Like I kept going through everybody in my even even him. I mentioned him specifically. And what's funny is Jasmine was sitting in the room with me as I'm going through people. She didn't crack at all. Like she's still to this. Like even now, she says that it's not Paul. Not mm. one Paul. It was somebody else. She's wow. still sticking to it. She swore that she would never tell. And Paul's like, she's just. She's sticking to her guns. It's pretty That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, we've got some news to talk about. Just a little bit of news to talk about on our uh, on our Tuesday, and then we're gonna actually. It's just a whole episode of news. That's what we've got. Like, it really is. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna cover the little news articles, and then we're gonna talk about one D and D and the play test. I, like, if they really do this once a month, there's no way that we do this sort of a chat every month. But we're gonna mm. do it this first time, and we'll see where we go from there. I feel uh, like we should. 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Zach would get exhausted really quick. I, I might get exhausted really quick if we were. Oh, gonna. yeah, I think it would be like month month three comes in. She's like, yep, they released another one. Yeah. How do we feel about it? Yeah. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> yep. Did you read it? No. Did you? I'm sure it's crap. Or I'm sure it's great. Don't worry about it's it. Great. It's, it's crap. It's all good. It's, both, it's, all, it's everything all at once. I'll live. <clears throat> so let's talk about let's talk about this other news real quick. Um do either one of you two Yahoos have anything before uh before I cover my couple things? I've seen a lot of nope. frowns and head shakes. I, sc- okay. I scoured the interwebs and I came up with nothing. Okay. Uh, well, I've got two little things then. The first thing is that they put an official release date of June 2023 on the Marvel multiverse role-playing game. Mm-hmm. That's a uh, long bake time. That, does that seem like it's long to you? Mm, no. I actually expected it to be longer than that, if I'm going to be honest, because really? it's a big franchise, and I think that the rule set that they presented us in the playtest book... I'm shocked if that was well received. Hmm. Interesting. I, we talked about that a little bit before, but yeah, like, it seemed like it was way too crunchy. It, it it's a crunchy system, and I think that as a society, I was just reading an article today about how one of the things that, and one of the things the article it was talking about things about RPGs that we're glad were left behind in the '90s, right? Mm. And one of the things that it said was crunch, something about crunch. I'm like, I don't think we left that behind until about five years ago. Um, but I think we, by and large, left it behind now. But Marvel didn't get the memo, right? Um, right. And I'm, I'm okay with that, but I cannot believe that other people were. So I'm excited for whatever they put out. We're going to find out what they're going to put out in June. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, they have announced as part of that that um, I... I I had seen this earlier, but they announced that um, Demi Plane is their official toolkit, virtual mm-hmm. toolkit. And then, uh, let's see, what else did they announce? Roll20 is their official virtual tabletop. Hello, GM Tim. Yes, hello, Nice to GM see you. Aw, we have been graced. Graced yeah. by a... We've got, we've got a celebrity <laughs> in, the, in the chat tonight, folks. Make sure to make him welcome. Uh, so yeah, multiverse uh, coming out in June, and then the other thing that I wanted to drop to you all, uh, this is just more of a conversation starter than it is a true news post. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think about this article that says this is the top ten best D and D campaigns for beginners? Um, and it lists some of these I don't think is our actual campaign, so it's a little bit of a cheap, but but fine. Uh, Saltmarsh, Witchlight, Dragon Heist, Candlekeep, Princes of the Apocalypse, uh, Storm King's Thunder, mm. Curse of Strahd, Yawning Portal, Dragon's Vice Fire Peak, and Lost Minds of Fandalver. Do we feel like any of those shouldn't belong there, or that there should be some on there that, uh, and I guess they're just keeping it to Watsy official. Mm-hmm. Um, are there any things that we should have been on there but, but didn't make the cut? I think that the... Aside from Dragon of Ice Spire Peak, that's the only one that I haven't like read through from from end to end. Um, but otherwise, the top five outside of that one makes a lot of sense. I mean, mm. Lost Finite Mine of Fendelver, I've said it repeatedly. I think we all have. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But it is a stellar um, 
new player entry point. I think that Tales from the Yawning Portal makes perfect sense to be right behind that, primarily because it's an anthology and it's mm. like these these bite-sized stories that can that, that are modular. You can do one or two and mm-hmm. then they're done. And if they want mm-hmm. you want to move on to something else or if you want to make your own campaign up or something like that, once you kind of get the once the wheels are in motion, right. uh, you can do it. And then Curse of Strahd is a classic. It's a really great it's great. Yeah. Storm King Storm King's Thunder is fantastic too. Yeah. But if if the uh, if the argument is if this is for be- for beginners, mm-hmm. as soon as you hit uh, past the what second or third chapter of Tales from the Yawning Portal, no. <laughs> um, Curse of Strahd, no. You don't think so for for beginners? No. Even uh, like Storm- the, the the scene to me the themes are what. Would to me mm. would have a, a player gravitate towards it because it's D and uh, D. It's but I mean like these are like really familiar tropes that I think that well, people. Okay, would really are we talking towards. about beginner? Which one? Which yes. one are the beginners? Oh. Is it players or is it DMs? Yes, because if it's I DMs, thought the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. I thought because the if exact it's, same if it's thing. DMs, and they're the beginners. Then yeah, halfway through Tales from the Young Portal, no, Strahd, <laughs> no, uh, Storm Kings, no, uh, Princes, no. Really? Candle keep, sure, halfway through. Uh, Dragon Heist, mm, yes. Dragon Heist is a this weird is, adventure, though. It's weird. It, it doesn't give you weird. all the stuff. It's great, but it's just really weird. Wild, so, meh. One of the weird. things that this that this article says at the beginning is for new players. Okay. Now, I don't think that it holds true to that all the way through. But here's one that I don't understand why it's not on there, and that's the critical role adventure. Because can't we still assume that most people or a lot of the new people mm-hmm. are coming over via critical role? And why would you not want to drop them into that setting book? Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And then GM Tim saying tyranny of dragons, which I think it's very linear. Yep. So I like that as a choice. Um, uh, Spell jammer. I haven't gotten a chance to really crack into, but I'm excited that you think so, uh, Tim, that, that makes me excited to, to crack into it. Um. While beyond the witch light, I guess because it kind of has like a, I don't know. It's it. It feels like to me whenever we hit while beyond the witch light, D and D was going for almost like an MCU vibe, for the way that it mm. projected the 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 themes and the like, just the atmosphere and the and the vibe of the of the game, which to me is more palatable to a broader audience than some of these some of the darker fare that you see up, uh, towards the front. Yeah. I, I think the one that I, if I was going to cut it out, um, and I like, I like Tim's given a lot of uh, uh, hype to Witchlight, and I like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one that I would cut out of this is Salt Marsh. Really? So it's an okay. So why? Because to me, I'm not. Saying, I would never. I'm not, tell I'm not anyone, advocating it necessarily, yeah. but I don't think that there's bad content in Salt Marsh, but. I don't know that I would ever encourage someone for that to be their starter book. Hmm. Like there are way better, like, like all nine of the others I think are better places to start because salt marsh is kind of this like bouncing all around like Island hopping. Oh, we're going to have several chapters and then we're, Oh, well we these chapters are for a different little adventure maybe. And then, Oh, we have rules for ship combat. Like you have rules for ship combat and you never need them. Yeah, yeah, it's just kind of a, a a helter skelter presentation. I like a lot of it, but I don't know why you would start with that as a new as a new table, right? Mm. 
Yeah, that. if if you're if you're one, if you're an experienced DM and you've got a table full of new players, why do you need to pick between ten different campaigns for for one? You're <laughs> you're going to want to, you know, if, again, if it's an experienced DM, Fandelver, Tyranny, Strahd, because mm-hmm. an experienced DM can really mm-hmm. make that thing sing. Um. But you don't need to like pick through ten. Yeah, I, well, I agree. I agree. Right, I think, but it's... I think, but again, I think the one of the things I like about I like so much about anthologies is the same reason why I like Lost Mine of Fan Delver. At least one of the one of the things advocating for it because if you've got five levels of story, the beginning, middle, and end is abbreviated. That's all you really need need in order for them to have the beginning and the middle and the end of the satisfaction of completing something and, and having an actual endpoint that isn't, you know, 15 levels down. So then that that point, they they do the five and then they can move on to something bigger if they want to, or they can continue to do smaller chunk sized uh, adventures like that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also like uh, Tim's throwing out Radiant Citadel. Mm-hmm. I think that's like another another anthology. So another good choice in that that wheelhouse ones that we've not mentioned. Um, and I think there's a reason that we haven't mentioned these, um, but we haven't mentioned mad mage. No, duh. <laughs> um, mm. uh, we haven't mentioned tomb of annihilation. No, duh. Um, we have not mentioned uh, out of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Rhyme of the frost maiden. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then Baldur's gate. Avernus. They're either really heavy, or they are. They're just. They're not. They're not. They're not my favorites. I see. I like a lot Baldur's of those... Gate. Like I really like Baldur's Gate, but I just don't think that it's, it's going to be intro level D and D for either GMs or players. Yeah, you know? and yeah, I enjoy. Yeah, you kind of want to. You kind of want to know what the players are like before you go throwing them into hell. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I. I, I... <laughs> GM Tim. Yeah. That's why you like it so much, though, GM Tim. Yeah, because exactly. you rewrote it. That's why you liked it so much. I, the premise of it is great. The skeleton yeah. of it is interesting. Yep. The the meat of it is rough. Um, and we've talked about that before. But um, I think that it's for a good for a good DM like like Tim. Um, I think that the premise of a frozen North. Um, campaign is a really fun premise and i mm-hmm. think there's some cool themes and some cool elements in there that uh gives you a cool toolkit to start playing around with mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh and and tim okay so let's 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 hit on that for just a half minute and then we probably better move on to our full topic so is there a mod he's saying have you ever seen a mod ran as written oh like, yeah and, and we'll, we'll expand it to the to these here um i have definitely ran um none of the big ones but several of the smaller ones as written mm-hmm. but I, I i will give you that that's that's the the norm is to screw with it especially if you're used to uh if, especially if you're an experienced gm you're probably going to tinker well, i think there's a difference between fiddling with it a little bit in order to customize it and kind of like chew off the corners to fit it into a round peg as opposed to like putting the thing up on blocks, gutting it like a fish and then having to stuff it with pinata uh, innards yeah. to yeah. make it work. Yeah. 
That's a fair Which is point. what I felt like we had to do with Rhyme. I had to do yeah. that with Rhyme. I essentially, yeah. again, the main story flow and the framework stayed, but everything surrounding it, all of the motivations, a lot of like the, a lot, it was about a 70% rewrite in order oh, yeah. to make I, it work. I, I, I said before, I love everything in Rhyme. Sure. It just shouldn't all be. Well, and I I love what you just said there, John. I think that there's a difference, maybe at least at least for some, there's a difference between our group is crazy, or Mm -hmm. I got excited. And so we went off the campaign path, right? Versus I as the GM decided that we were going to go off the campaign path from the very beginning, and do something different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, look, oh, bear droid, by the way. But I think that I think with all of these adventures, one of the a commonality between all of them, the ones that we love, the ones that we are not super fans of, there's still so much good in it. All the guts of things that I'm stuffing into rhyme, bits and pieces of those guts came from other adventures that were already written, or they yeah. were inspired by, or I used maps from, or things like that. So yeah. there's I have not found an adventure book that it was a waste at all. Yeah, right. Even even as much as I kick poor poor Rhyme of the Frost Maiden has just been bless its heart. <laughs> bless its pee picking heart. <laughs> bless it, Lord. It's been beaten so badly, but at the same time though, there's like Troy said, there's a lot of really, really great stuff in there. Really it is cool definitely stuff. not a waste of a book. I, I it right. has earned every single penny that I put into it. And that's yeah. and that's why that's why I will buy every Magic the Gathering setting book that comes things. out. Yeah. Because even though I have no idea about the Magic the Gathering lore, because I don't I played like three games and i hated every minute of it <laughs> just because you lost i did that's, i was it was that's why i don't play basketball man that's i right. hate basketball it's the worst why because i am <laughs> not built for it in any shape form or fashion <laughs> but you know I'll, I'll buy those books and look through them and go oh here's some cool ideas i could put it mm-hmm. every adventure is like mm-hmm. that yeah. yeah every adventure yeah. well uh let's uh let's this has been a good chat but we've got a, we've got a real a real serious, not really. We've yeah, got sure a do. we've got a one D and D discussion to get into, and I'm super excited to chat with you fellows and with chat about it. Um, so let's refill our cups and come right back. And we're back. All right. Well, that was quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's almost like we never left. Oh man. <clears throat> let's talk about it and and let's set the stage. All of us have read through at least most of the playtest document. We have all uh, uh, also, I think a couple of us have watched the full Jeremy Crawford presentation um, of the On Arthur Kana. Um, we've also perused various articles and uh, watched the live reveal and this, that, and the other, right? Like mm-hmm. we've tried our best in our own ways to be read up. On yes. what was said and what's in the playtest doc. Is that a fair statement? Yes. Oh, very. Yes. Can, can I can I just say? I don't know if it's because you know I'm an old guy, but I cannot stand this Wizards Presents format thing. Uh oh, here we go. You're an old guy. It feels <laughs> it feels like I'm watching an infomercial on some kind of a a scheme that they're trying to get me to buy into. It all feels so 
It's, I don't know. It's an G announcement. G and Tim is triggered by this. Just yeah, so you're no, aware. It, yeah. <laughs> 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 it's just I don't know. It's kind of it's, it feels I don't, so plasticky. It I don't I hate it. it. It's, I, an, it's a listen. I oh. like that it actually gave us information this time. Oh yeah, yes, I, I that just is true. I, the presentation of it. I was kind of like, one of the, look. One wait, of the things I really loved more. about it was they're like they gave us the product name, at least the product name, and kind of like a blurb about five products in in the next year. That's I've been waiting for that. That's what I, I want to get. I want to get hype <laughs> for the next year. Yeah, uh, but no, I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm with, I'm kind of in between where uh, I see exactly what Troy's talking about. That whole the veneer, the plastic, the plasticky, overly polished, like scripted. marketing, marketing engine churning in the background, like in order to, to produce it, I, like it was really, really produced. You know what I mean? Uh, but to, it, did it serve its purpose? You damn right it did. Sure oh, did. Yeah. Did it get me hype? Yep. Mission accomplished. Like I, I'm, I'm ready to. I was here. I'm reading up on one D and D right now. Yeah. I've read almost all 21 pages of text. And I, uh, I will say, I did hear somebody say something about. They hope that the next time they do this, they actually separate it out better, as far as Magic the Gathering announcements and D and D announcements, because it's mm-hmm. like some would go really long. So if you're watching it just for. Yeah, Magic the Gathering stuff. You're sitting there watching, waiting. Come on, come on, come on. And then you get the 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 little bit of a blurb for Magic. Then it goes back to D and D. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah, I, it, I can see that. I agree. I also just wait until I I jump in 45 minutes after it started, so I can just skip through skip through the through. the Magic stuff, and it's okay. Like. It's what it's doing is it's trying to keep both fan bases engaged by po- ping pong back time. and forth between yeah. the two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I could, because if I you did if you did D and D first, ma- the, the magic nerds wouldn't wouldn't bother with it until halfway through, and by then they probably would have missed some of it and would have been irritated or whatever. And same thing goes for the D and D crowd oh, too. Yeah. So, yeah. so yep. um, we're specifically though, like there's a big announcement thread, right? And we're going to specifically drill down into one D and D because there's a lot of products announced and things like that. We've talked about those in the discord already somewhat. Um, I think they're cool. Like they announced a lot of really cool things. I think their slate for next year is a really strong slate of products. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a whole separate uh, conversation. So we're going to chat on Earth Arcana, um, this first play test document, um, we're going to actually start uh, kind of going over this ahead of time. We're going to actually start with the rules glossary in the back. And the way we do these is not um, <clears throat> line by line, section by section, mm-hmm. completely deconstructing. We've never done that with a UA or with a book. What we like to do is if you we have a note, we say a note. And sometimes that note can be this line on this ability. I want to draw attention to that. But sometimes mm-hmm. we can move pretty quick through it. Um, so this isn't going to be your exhaustive look at the UA playtest. It's really just going to be our highlight reel or our thoughts on it. Um, is that a fair statement, gentlemen? I think so. We can. I, I've got notes that I can pass along to anybody else that wants a more exhaustive analysis. But that's just because I, I was overly prepared as usual. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, so we're going to do the rules glossary. Um, but first, uh, I wanted to just ask you guys uh, a general statement. Um, and maybe we need to keep it as as clean cut as 
thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs sideways for the for the play test doc in general. Okay. How do we feel? Uh, thumb slightly cocked upward at a diagonal from the pair from a from the like side. a forty five degree, yeah, like a forty five degrees <laughs> upward, like not bad, but not like I'm not jumping all over myself about it either. It's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not a bad thing. It's. I don't have a whole lot in here that's negative. It's just something mm. that's like just confused, but nothing yeah. that's like I'm not upset about anything. Cool. I uh, say so yeah. Generally, generally for me, it's just thumbs up. Thumbs mm-hmm. up. I mean, yeah. I am in general thumbs up, but I think that we're probably all thumbs up for different reasons. And I think mm. the hesitancy that you might be hearing in some of our voices is probably there for different reasons. Is mm. my suspicion. Um, but I didn't know what I was getting into here and I was pleasantly surprised by what was in this packet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So that sounds like, it sounds like folks that you should be hearing a very positive, uh, uh, review of this document of this, of this one D and D from here on out. Nothing, nothing sounds negative. Like. Just mm-hmm. all thumbs up is really <laughs> not yeah. a single negative thing to say. <sighs> No, it'll be it'll be pretty good. Uh, so I'm just going to quickly rattle down a few of these. Um, so rules glossary. Um, right off the bat, we have arcane spells, which really is a culmination of the idea that we've gotten rid of the idea of class spell lists, though there is the caveat that some classes are still going to have their own spells that we just haven't gotten mm-hmm. to see yet. But they've kind of instead condensed them down into three spell lists, the arcane, the divine, and the primal, right? Yeah. Any thoughts on that change? Do we like it? Do we dislike it? We have notes. I don't feel one way or another about it. I mean, it's like, okay, if it, I want to see more mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So There's really not a whole lot to go off of. Yeah. As a spell list. It doesn't like set off any red flags. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, you have the spell lists. Uh, that are in there, obviously, where they've broken them out. It's a little bit further down, but you've, they've broken yeah. them out into yeah, arcane yeah. spells, divine, and so on and so forth. And there is some overlap that's in yeah. there. They're not all uh, exactly exactly the same, um, but uh, I mean, they're, it's fine. This is again, uh, it's one of those things where I, I like the idea of having a clear delineation between what arcane. I like the idea that they actually refer to something as pr- the new, like a primal yeah, power primal source. I, I, I really yeah. like that. Yeah. Um. I. But I'd, I'd like to see what I. The only is a worry. Maybe I like it, but I. I want to see more because I think one of the things I'm worried about is certain classes l- uh, losing some of their nuance based mm. on over generic over genericizing those spe- spell lists and <laughs> losing some of the the specifics that make those classes unique because of the spells they have available that others. Yeah. Don't. I I think that the thing for me, I love this change, and a big part of it is because it helps me out so much as a designer. There's so much frustration mm. around the idea of class-specific spell lists and how you navigate around that when you yeah. really want your warlock to have this cool, awesome spell, but for some reason it didn't slide its way into the, you know warlock spell list, even though it makes perfect sense. Like I love the idea of that's going to happen less now, ideally, mm. right? Um, I don't think that every class should have access to every spell, but I like that we're not getting so nitpicky as to space it out. So, okay. So I, and I agree with you guys on the rest of that. Um, Also tools. Um, There are several toolkits listed in the glossary. Do we have any, anything that we want to cover as far as the toolkits are concerned? 
I think the only thing that's going to be recurring for me is not necessarily the tools or the the, the mechanics around it. Yeah, it's the like the generic cost for tools is weird, and, yeah. and for and for musical instruments where like a dulcimer shouldn't cost as much as a kazoo, but they do some for some reason. So I'm I'm more curious than than irritated about it at all. I'm just kind of curious as to why they chose that. Chose again to go like create like a, a generic sum as opposed to the distinction between them other than just yeah. i guess to save space on paper and maybe we'll see a bigger fleshed out there but yeah that's a little bit odd i agree with you mm-hmm. I, I i i some of that sort of nuance i almost am like well i'm willing to at least toss a coin towards that'll be different in the actual book where they have a bunch more pages to play with but maybe not right maybe, maybe. Look, chaos eight well the, the thing is that they were they said they didn't say they what they could have done is they could have had that first line of artisan tools are a blah 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 blah, but if they go as far as to say ignore the prices in the player's handbook, those tools now cost fifteen gold pieces a piece. They were that's pretty explicit. There's there's got to be a design. There is there is that. there is a design reason. Um, they want they want artisans tools and really a lot of the tool sets to be easily something that you can put an equipment list of your background. Hmm. And in order to do that, you ha- they all have to be a reasonable price because as of right now, every background gets 50 gold to spend. And so, okay, your I bard see. wants a dulcimer instead of a flute. You shouldn't be, they're, they're saying, well, you shouldn't be punished for that and not be able to have any other equipment or whatever, right? Hmm. Like on Mason's tools, if you take Mason's tools overtaking uh, whatever, like jewelers' tools, right? Jewelers' tools are going to be more expensive, so you could yeah. sell them at the beginning of the game, and you could essentially game the system by doing yeah. that. But I mean, it's people are going to do that no matter what. So I'm not. It, I I think that they should have just. I think that they should have just said something to the effect of pick a tool set. You, I, I, I don't know. Well, they I do just that. they do that yeah. in the. In the backgrounds, it's yeah, it's like pick a entertainer. Tool you get a you get the musical instrument tool tool proficiency and your equipment. You get a musical yeah. instrument. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I I guess where I'm getting at is that I think I think they had to make a hard choice between realism or ease of use, and I think mm-hmm. they went with ease of use. And Probably. I think that's okay. I think that's okay. Um, creature type. I don't know why we needed this in a glossary but um they did (laughs) they just tossed it in there i guess um it doesn't feel like there's a huge change if it leans towards they wanted to make a distinction between humanoids and everything else i think well because there are some player character races that are not humanoid they they made Mm. that distinction early on Mm. in this document that some player character races are not categorized uh-huh. as uh-huh. a humanoid. That's the new thing then. Got it. Yep. Got it. So they wanted to make sure that you understood what creature type mm-hmm. meant. Yeah. Yeah. GM 10. There's magic missiles and dragons. We can, we can ignore realism. Uh, so that this is a, this is an interesting change. We now have a new term moving right mm. along the D 20 test. I, okay. This is the first one that I'm going to have a strong opinion on. I think that this is a, Silly term. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think if it, they if they retitle or reflavor the term, maybe I get what they're trying to get at. They're trying like it's that whenever I'm trying to explain D and D to a new player, I always explain to them anytime you want to do something and see if you did it, 
you roll a d20. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so to me, that's what they're trying to make a distinction with here. And the byproduct yeah. of whatever you do is going to be one of the, with these other funny looking dice. But but when are you ever going to say, I need you to make a d20 test? Well, You're I, never going to say that. I mm. think what it is, is it's, it's shorthand to say, like, you get an advantage on your next d20 test, whether that's an attack roll, a saving throw, uh, okay. or a skill I check. Can li- that way you don't have to spell it out. You just said, on your next d20 che- test, you're done. Got it. And you couldn't just say, on your next d20 roll? I don't know. Whatever. It's well, fine. I, mean, I, I think it's silly, and it's a layer of complexity, like another term that we're asking people to know, like when it wasn't a problem to begin with. But... Like, is there a difference between a D20 test and, uh, like, are people going to think that you need to say, give me a D20 test stealth? Mm-hmm. Is that going to be something that a new dungeon master coming in in 2024 is going to feel like they need to say? Um, I don't I mean, know. Is but like, I mean, you've got, they do have a distinction. They refer to it as ability checks, attack rolls. That's, that's rolls. already existing. Yes. That's what I'm right, saying. Exactly. Is, so now we have two terms for the same thing. Right. Like, I don't need a new term. I see what you're saying, though, Troy. I really do. About I see that as useful. But is that usefulness in that type of an instance worth having another term that now we're throwing well, around? Because, again, in this document, I have seen parts where, you know, they call out, uh, you get advantage on your next ability check or attack roll yeah. and things like that. And then you'll see other places where it says you have advantage or whatever on your next D20 test. Hmm. So it, mm-hmm. it just shortens the word count for for whatever reason. I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's interesting. I, 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 the test that Bear Droids pointed out, the, the test language is something that is used by a lot of other systems. I agree. Like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, are we doing mm-hmm. away with the term skill check, ability save, and attack roll? And are we trying to all, say that all of these things are now called tests? But that's not what we're doing here. It's it's just saying that when we group th- when we can group them all together, it's called a D20 test. Um, because they're not doing away with the idea of saving throws, which is what they would have to do if they were going to call this a test. Well, it's, right. And uh, we're talking about complexity too, right? To your point, Troy, where you're saying like a D20, the D20 test is a categorization of all three of those things together, right? Yep. But to me, it's more administrivia to keep up in your head. Whenever you see a D20 test, you know that it's for all three, but then they're going to have to also keep up with you know, if it's not a D20 test, then sometimes it is only advantage on ability checks and saving throws only. Kind of like bless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Uh, so to me, it's like, it. I don't know that it clarifies it as it, much as it muddies it if yeah, you I mean, spell I, it all out. I'm not saying that it clarifies. I'm not saying it, it does its job that they sure. want it to do. That's yeah. just what they're, to yeah. me, that's what they're doing. I think I agree with you. So how do we feel about this rolling a one and rolling a 20? Nope. Well, okay, hold on. Let me let me backpedal. Um, <laughs> I don't mind the auto fail on a roll. On that, mm. um, just because you know, just because it, it's kind of like the thing with D and D. You roll a one, you fail. Okay, kind of mm. cool. Even though you have a plus ten to your roll, and the DC was only a, you know, a nine. You know, you still rolled a one, so whatever. Um, I do not like auto successes on natural twenties for skills. Um, because 
Yes, I know that rolls only count when the DM asks for them. But how many players do we encounter that say, oh, I'm going to do something, and they roll? They roll, yeah. And they roll a 20. They automatically want you to accept it as a critical success. Exactly. And it's like, well, I didn't ask for that. Yeah. You know, they already get mad when you say that. I didn't ask you to make a roll. You shouldn't have made the roll. And then on top of it, they rolled a 20. They think they just, you know, hucked a Buick into the moon. <laughs> it's like, no. You, you there has to be things that, that, that certain individuals just can't accomplish. If you're a mm-hmm. commoner with a strength of eight, no, you can't pick up the cow. Mm-hmm. But I rolled a 20. Yes. I don't care. Yep. You did not yeah. pick up the well, cow. This is, what this does is it puts you in, it backs you into a corner the way that yes. 4E used to do. With some of the like the tactical maneuvers that would happen, where I had to add a a player that had a power that allowed him to shift the opponent from one side of him to another, and essentially like a suplex kind of maneuver. Yeah, he he, the way that it ended up working out as rules as written, not as intended, but rules as written, he grabbed someone that was on a horse, and they were they were in their they were like lashed into their under their saddle and their stirrups. He like mechanically, he would suplexed that player or that character and the horse over onto the other side of them by doing stuff like that. So it's like it's kind of like you're at a gap and it's fifty feet across, uh, and then you're like you're saying like, and you, well, I'm going to try to jump across. Well, okay, well I roll a twenty, so I just jumped fifty feet, even though that's not even po- that's not possible by like any stretch of the imagination <laughs> within. The confines of a fantasy reality or it's reality tricky. Reality, it's tricky. Right? I think that's a great example that you just brought up, though, John. Like, so, so you know, if a player says that they want to jump the gap, and let's let's shorten that gap a little bit. Let's say that it's twenty five feet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how far you can actually jump, so maybe that's completely reasonable. <laughs> I know um, I cannot jump twenty five feet. Okay, I can, Troy I'll cannot be, jump twenty five feet. If Troy says, if Troy says, Zach, you're the DM. I want to use my. I want my champion fighter, human fighter, to to jump twenty five feet, uh, and and jump over this gorge. I'm gonna say, go for it, roll mm. your dice, right? So he's not gonna succeed, right? Because the DC is gonna be super high. But if he, if his character believes that he can jump across, I'm gonna allow him to believe that up until the yeah. point where he doesn't make it. But then he rolls a twenty, and you're like. Well, actually, I didn't want you to roll because there was no real way of you succeeding. So, yes. See, my thing with this whole thing is, it's it's going to force. If you want to play a a super Gonzo campaign, go for it. Let it happen. But for me, it's like, you know, I my my hard and fast rules. If I didn't ask you for the roll, your roll doesn't count for anything. Yeah, it goes away. You, you've wasted it, um, and it also means that if if a twenty is an auto success, regardless, that means I am now as a DM going to be forced to tell people, no, yeah, mm-hmm. you can't make the roll. Yeah, well, yeah. why not? Because you have a strength of eight, you can't lift a cow. Mm. <laughs> it's. Yeah, and I like what I love what Tim said earlier, and I think that's the dream ideal, which is that dice don't come into play unless they absolutely need to. Sure, um, that's, that's very true. That's yeah, very true. and so I'd love I'd love for us to just stick there. I I think I think the thing that we're nervous about, and I think it's just a soft nervousness, right, and mainly just around organized play, is the idea of um, 
you're giving some tools here into the hands of the players by saying a 20 is a success, but not defining in this document when that role can be made, right? Mm -hmm. So if if the stipulation is that the DM has to call for the role before it can be rolled, then great. No. But in this statement, it's yeah. a little bit trickier. And, and one thing that Tim did say, you know, fail forward. No. <laughs> and, I, and I say, and that's not because I don't believe that, because that's how I run my games. Yeah. But we are talking the rules as they are written. D&D was not designed as a fail forward game. It mm-hmm. is a make this roll, hit the DC, succeed. Don't hit the DC, you fail. That's mm-hmm. the way it was designed. So that's that's where I'm coming from with this. I totally agree with Tim. I run my stuff with fail forward. If if they roll a one, that just means whatever they were trying to do took them yeah. a lot longer or, or whatever. They still do what they were trying to do, but there, there's going to be repercussions. Yeah. But well, in, let me, let me in this say instance, this we're, we're talking about how the rules are presented and how they are intended. Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is... You either you either succeed or you fail. There's no degrees in the way D and D is written. Yeah. Well, let's. There are a couple. Let's peel back the layers of the onion on this just a little bit more. First of all, I'm going to skip ahead to to, to the end of the text here. Rolling a D twenty a twenty doesn't bypass limitations on the test, such as range and line of sight. That's explicitly stated here, right? Right. So the the what is it? The explicit beats general in that in that mm-hmm. regard. The 20 bypasses only bonuses and penalties to the roll. Yeah. But the 50-foot gorge that you're having to jump across, you can't do it because mechanically you can't jump more than 25 feet. So you, right. the I 20 mean, doesn't th- give you a magical 15 or, to, or right. 25 more feet to jump across it with, right? But they're, yeah, they're putting that in there to, to, to like as a saving grace. And I, yeah, I, have I, think- a, I have a whole thing on this once we're done talking about the, the d20 test so yeah. well, well let's let, let's cover the last piece of the d20 test which is the critical hits note yep because that's part of that same header right yep. Yep. um so uh basically the idea is that um it's only weapon strikes or unarmed strikes made by player characters that can critically hit mm-hmm. that did i say that right you did. all feel yeah. like i okay yeah <sighs> okay um that's a bummer. As yeah. a player, I, I, I would I would be bummed to lob a firebolt, roll a nat twenty, and then have to roll one d ten to do that. I damage. think it's Whereas, really weird that it doesn't apply to spells. Yes. And why why can't DMs crit? Well, that that's the whole other conversation, right? And mm-hmm. and Jeremy Crawford talks about that. Let me point out that I think the entire reason it's not spells is to get around Paladin Smites. Mm. I think that is the only case where I feel like this has been abused at all. In in like I can't think of another thing. Like <clears throat> I'm I'm not saying that there isn't another scenario, but I'm thinking about like when other times has spells been really juiced buy crits intentionally to just kill something. I'm like, it smites. That's the only thing. Well, Um, but on the other hand with smites, what you can do is do it as it really should be done. And that is if you're going to smite something, you declare it first. Right. Then if you happen to crit, holy crap. Fair enough. Hexblade's cursed too. Yeah. yeah, Because, (laughs) because now, you know, as written, 
all all paladins do is crit fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, oh. and as soon as they crit, oh, I'm smiting now, baby. It's like yeah. you you never use a smite any other time. Yeah. 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 I, I I agree. I. So this to me is one where it's again with a roll twenty, rolling a twenty on a on a d twenty. It's there is a if there's a correction that they're trying to make, it's an overcorrection. With, with mm-hmm. the rolling on 20, the same thing goes for critical hits too. If they're trying to avoid one or two or even like a small handful of abilities to keep them from, from taking advantage or, or just fix gaming the abilities. Crits, yeah, just fix, fix exactly. the abilities. Fix the abilities. Don't punish the dice roll. Yes, <laughs> you, you fix the specific and you don't mess with the general, which that's essentially right. what critical and hits are. Crawford, so, so let me set it up because Troy didn't get to catch Crawford's explanation of some of this. So let me give him. Crawford's explanation for the no DM crits. His statement. Oh, I know what, what it is. I know what it is. Okay, and so he here, here's the funny yeah. thing, because I know exactly that what he how he framed it. Uh huh. Because it is exactly how I killed one of my. Oh yeah, really with the bugbear. With the yeah. bugbear in yeah. Fandelver. Yeah. Well, so it's two, he he said two things, right? He said he said that one of the things is that. Um, critically hitting at low levels has a chance of ends to killing. And we want to avoid that, basically. And then secondly, we already have a built-in crit mechanic for monsters, and that's the uh, 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 recharge. Which is not true. And I don't like it that that's the statement. Yeah, that's Um, I'm really... Okay, so... I'm a big thumbs up for this document, right? Like, I want to preface that, right? Yeah. There's a very small few things in it that I feel like... I what you are saying is not is not re- in my mind is not reality right right and this is one of them like this is recharging is nowhere near the same thing as a crit mm-hmm. because what you're saying when you talk about recharging being the monster's crit is that one ability is the only thing that matters in that monster that's if the they only have an scary ability thing that even if they have an ability that recharges, recharges which yeah. is not very many creatures in the grand scope of things well so you're saying that so far i mean yeah. unless they come out and it's right. like okay man all these, all these guys are getting recharge abilities that recharge, like what Tim said, on a, on a four to six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 it, it it really bothers me that like just from the sense of like it's it's this admission that we've talked about for a while with five e, which is that a lot of the abilities of a given monster are worthless. Yes, right. They don't put out enough damage as it is, and now you're going to take away their chance of doubling the the puny ass damage they're already doing well and i'll even go so far as to say there's that i'm not a fan of the lack of consistency between the two as well right one of the things that i a rule at my table is you want to try this optional rule over here you all you want to do what Uh, you want to do flanking cool you can do flanking remember the monsters can do flanking too whenever you can do flanking so yeah. a lot of times what's good for the goose is not good for the gander with things like that. So in this instance, when you give a really powerful, you got six, five to six players that are, that all have an opportunity every single time they roll to hit something to crit, as opposed to a monster or a handful of monsters yeah. that do not, cannot, and on may or may not have this, this other mechanic with the recharges that they, they may not even have that functionality. So, it's just, it seems no. skew. I want to t- touch on something real quick here in chat that's being said as well, which is the idea that, uh, and, and this is what I started diving into this document. I was in the same mindset, Mr. Tim, which is that yep. I was like, okay, yep. this is a play test, right? It's not a play test. This is not a play test document. This is a preview document with 
at, with requests for feedback. Mm-hmm. But but no matter what Jeremy Crawford might have said at the end of that video, there's very little reason to play this at your table. The reason, and let me explain why, at least in my mind, there are so many forum posts out there. There's so many comments on Facebook. There's so many posts. There's so many podcasts just like this one where people are looking at different pieces like we've already done during this episode and saying, this doesn't make a lot of sense now, but maybe when we see the whole set of rules, mm-hmm. we'll get some understanding, right? Yeah. There's a lot of that already. These rules right here don't work well with just the 5e rules that we have right now. They may work perfect with what we're going to get in 2024. And I I genuinely hope they do because I love what I'm seeing here. But they don't work well with the 5e stuff that we've got sitting. So this is not a play test. This is They're showing us a piece of the puzzle or a piece of the pie and saying, don't worry, when you can see the whole thing, all of this is going to make sense. That doesn't help me in playtesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see what you're saying, and I, I I agree, but I don't. You know, I mean, it's it's. I see what you're saying. I don't. I don't think these are previews of what the actual rules are going to be, because here here's my caveat to this whole uh, crit and yeah. fail thing. This was put in here as a token. We listened to you and changed this. They mm. knew that people were going to flip when they said everything fails on a one, everything succeeds on a 20, DMs can't crit, spells can't crit, mm. blah, blah, blah. But they wanted to put it in here anyway to to kind of shake things up and then have something that people were so upset about that they went ahead and changed back to what it used to be so that they can say, at least out of this entire document, if nothing else changes, they changed this. Well, okay. I, I don't know that That's an interesting. I don't know that I'm so cynical as all that. I will say though, that they did big swings in D and D next. Oh, they did. It worked out. I'm looking at advantage and disadvantage right now. That was huge. That was complete. That was unheard of. And that could have been but- taken Compare this to the D&D Next or the 4E playtest. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong because it's been a while, right? But I feel like I remember them ad- releasing adventures, yes. pre-gen characters. Yep. Yes. Like, like this is not that. Right. And and that's well, what this I... Is, this is what it was at the beginning, though, for D&D Next, though. I remember in I, D&D Next... That, there was and a you know better than I do. Of, yeah. as, as I recall it, right? There was a big package with a bunch of rules. They were like, hey, what do you guys think about this? And they, to your point, Zach, they called it a play test, but it really wasn't a play test yet. It was a review and a vote on whether or not people hated the idea, ideas that were presented. Right, right. At, and first, I, at first, it came out very similar to this. It was just stuff. Okay. Yes. Right. But very, very quickly, yes. they were coming out with, okay, we want you guys to play this stuff with this adventure as written. Don't change anything. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and that's how they would say it. It's like, you know, please do not modify anything. Just run this encounter right. and yeah. let us know how it works. Well, I mean, Tim already said we all re- we all mod everything all the time. So, well, yeah, that's, yeah exactly. that's why they had to look. Not everybody <laughs> can be like a try hard or uh, a uh, a Chad like uh, and in the most possible uh, positive way for as Tim. Can be. How can you? No. No, nobody's as awesome as Tim is with the, with those elite dungeon mastering skills. Uh, yeah. Let's okay. So let we got a lot to cover here. So let's move on to the new condition. <laughs> no, you're, 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 you're not, not a Chad, Tim. I, you're not. 
No, <laughs> not don't even listen to John. He's it's like he's being ridiculous. Yeah. Ask Gabriel what it is. He knows. I hear yeah. him saying it all the time. <laughs> yeah, you don't know what it is. You just <laughs> I don't know what it is either. I, like, I could I could sound ten years younger if I said that in a stream. That's what it was. Um, yeah. I was trying to play to a new market, man. I tried. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so conditions. Let's talk about these new new versions yes. of conditions, right? Yes. So we've got a new version of grappled. We've got a new version of incapacitated, yes. and we've got a slowed new condition. Yes. Uh, you guys have thoughts on any one of those three? I like grappled. I Thumbs think up. it. Yeah. I think it makes total sense that you know you have disadvantage to attack other things around you. Um, other than the person or the thing that's grappling you. I like that. I mean, yep. I have experience with that. So yes. The movable piece of it is yep. also great, right? Yep. And, and the, the escape, escape is good. Yeah. It's a saving it's a, throw now instead of an opposed yes. check. Yes. Oh my that's gosh. great. It's now, I think, all of this is perfect. Now what I think that would, would have been nice in here is under the, this is not, this is a nitpick, right? Like I, I had to ask myself, I hadn't gotten far enough into it yet. I was like, well, how the hell do I know what the DC is then for this? You scroll down just a little yep. bit more, then it'll actually, it explains. And it tells you. It tells you, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, incapacitated, I think it's just adding some clarification yep, there. Yes. Yeah, that's fine. Like, I, I think that's, that's just a quick catch. I do think, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm happy with that. And then slowed, I think is a wonderful, I wish we could get two or three more conditions like this. And I know that's Zach's noodly nature getting mm-hmm. in here, Did I just but I would love to have passed slowed and didn't even see it. It's down on page 20. Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. It's basically oh, yeah, yeah. like the spell, right? I mean, not exactly, but yeah. Mm, okay. Basically. Yeah. Because, okay. Yeah. Because I thought that was cool that. Attacks against you get advantage because you're moving so slowly. Yeah. But also, I also think that that means that your attacks should be at disadvantage because people can see you coming. Yeah. And I think you're telegraphing. The, yeah. I think the other thing with limited movement is silly. You must spend one extra foot of movement speed for every foot you move using your speed. Just say your movement speed is halved. Yeah. Well, that's that's how it was written in 5e, I think. For, for mm-hmm. every foot you move, you have to spend an extra foot. Yeah, I know. It's just it's very clunky. like we yeah. don't do we, we don't do anything in five e in multiples of one foot. We do everything in multiples of five. So it's a like there's no there's no I know that they're like well, but maybe you have a character that can move thirty five feet, and maybe they're trying to justify that. I don't know. It's just silly. Let's just let's just keep everything to multiples of five and make it make the math simple. Um, I think the only the only adjustment I would make to it is I wouldn't call it slowed. Um, I'd, I'd use something more of a generic term. I'd use hindered instead. Mm. It's also not the it like, cause you have the slow spell, which I guess applies the maybe applies the slowed condition yeah. to someone. But I think hindered yeah. can be used across the board with yeah. under different scenarios. Oh, yeah. yeah. But hindered could also be a, its own different yeah. type of thing. Sure. So we've got a couple things to just plow through to get through the rest of this glossary here real quick. Uh, the last big one, I think, is inspiration. Yes. Nat 20s grant inspiration. I think, okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold statement. And I, I'm, I'm curious, GM Tim, you made a comment up above that I'm curious if you agree with. I think that they have this backwards. I want them to give me inspiration when you roll a natural one and oh. not give me inspiration on a 20. Oh, look at that. You're playing to the crowd now. Yep. Well, it's the idea of like. Oh my God, I, Tim. I, I, both. I, I'm, I'm with oh Tim. God. I am with Tim on this one. Both. Mm. 
Look, I think that one of the reasons why they did this is because we forget about it so much at the table. Rightfully yeah. so. Like mm-hmm. they whenever the whenever they were designing this, there's a pro- the good possibility that they expected it to be doled out a lot more than it ever was. And it is a forgot it is a mechanic that the players remember only when it's too well, late. Only when it's too late. Right. Well, there's that too, right? There it's on both ends. The GMs forget to give it, the the uh players forget to use it or they don't use it because the gm doesn't give it out nearly often enough so this is a, this is a like you know what the uh, on a specific number on the die every single time you always give that out i completely yep. understand why they did that and i love the fact that if you already have an inspiration the inspiration is still given but you get to give it to somebody else that's handy and i like yes. the idea that you lose inspiration on a long rest i, I think too. that's good like yep. i think all of it is good except that like if i like, I think Crawford presented it as well. When you get an inspiration, when you roll a 20, it like is like the ball starting to roll downhill. You're gaining momentum. I'm like, mm-hmm. I get that. I definitely get that. But like, you know what I, I like? Go ahead. Well, I, I love like the Powered by the Apocalypse and stuff like that systems where the idea of failure isn't just that, you know, we can we can do the failing forward presentation, but there's a mechanical way of doing that would be great where you say you failed in this time, but we're going to, we're going to give you an extra oomph for next time. And, and you're going to get this cool little boon that you can carry with you. Well, I like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm an underdog. I yeah. love an underdog, man. I love that. Like cinematically in the rain, in the mud, you're beaten down, clench your fist around, wrap your hand yeah. around your sword and swing one more time. Use your inspiration when you failed before. And that's where you ended how you ended up in the mud to make a really cinematic comeback. Yeah. It's, it's Rocky in yeah. the, the last rounds. It's Hulk Hogan before he does the getting pumped, you know, getting <laughs> hulked up and, and, and uh, shaking his finger at you. It's, it's that whole, you know, you're, you're because I've been on that end of things playing a character where I am rolling nothing over a ten mm-hmm. for an oh, entire man. for an entire well, four hour out, session. I've given out pity inspiration before. So, mm-hmm. Like this is my home game, my buddies. That that's okay, right? We got like that that busting each other's chops relationship with each other. We're like, it's like, all right, man, I feel terrible. You've rolled so terribly all night long. You get inspiration. Just like, like I'm, I'm really rooting for you at this point. Now yeah. to to Tim's point, yes, I agree that the players should be heroes for sure, but I. And it's. I think there's no wrong way of doing it necessarily with this. That if you are a, uh, you know, you want to kind of like help nudge your players along or player characters along so that they can be more superheroic more often. I think that's yeah. that's. I think it's more of a, a more of a play style and a, play, a way of running it. But yeah. adversity is really important. That challenge is really important. It's. I yeah. don't want them running. It's like playing Doom in God mode. It gets really boring after about 15 minutes. So I don't want to dole it out too willy nilly. So I don't think I would give it to for both, but I, I'm, I'm I'm staunchly in Zach's camp about giving it out for ones. I like that idea. If we're going to change it, if we're going to change, or it, you modify. If you roll a one, you get inspiration. If you roll a twenty, you get inspiration to then give to somebody that you just inspired. Hmm. Well, see, now I think we're starting to get into like, I think you, you want to keep it simpler. I think simpler as opposed wow. to like having two different things that happen. You're, you, 
well, I, I mean, think we're gonna, you're gonna it's a, there's, it creates more confusion than anything else. I think sometimes I do like it, the idea. Honestly, of like, if you already it, have it, it. You can just dole it out to somebody else. It doesn't. Instead. It doesn't matter because nobody uses inspiration correctly anyway. So adding anything that confuses it doesn't mean <laughs> that's anything. true. Listen, I, that's that's what I was sitting here thinking. Is like several times during that that interview that Crawford gave, he's like, "We realized that we were fighting an uphill battle, and so we just said, let's just give it, let's just make it work the way that everybody uses it anyway." So I'm like, you know what? What if we just applied that to inspiration and we just said, you know what? Everybody thinks of it as a re-roll yep. let's just make it a re-roll but they didn't yep. that's not what yeah, they i know did. they didn't I, they not that's not what they did i'm just saying like <laughs> but they should they, it, it, I, don't I don't know so <clears throat> all right so we got just the last couple things here uh long rest they added a little caveat at the end about what qualifies as interrupting the yes. rest yes i, like I think that. that's great yeah no real thing to talk about there right but but we're good um tremor sense they kind of define tremor sense some more and that's because Dwarves now get Tremor Sense, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, Super cool. And we'll probably touch on earlier, but um, there's a little bit more detail for Tremor Sense. Then they talk about unarmed strikes, um, mm-hmm. and they kind of give you some cool things that you can do with an unarmed strike, right? Like you can deal damage, you can grapple, or you can shop, which I think is cool. And I like, I love, I mean, it is it is so not the way grappling would actually work, because you, it would be more of that opposed check like they had yeah. before. But this makes it so easy. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, this D and D is not a simulation. Yeah. It's just let's get it done. Yeah. Well, and, it, it, and it still does works. lend itself towards a, a degree of realism by you're basing it on abilities and skills and Their traits. AC of the includes creature. dexterity, right? Right. Like AC includes include your dodging and ducking. Yeah. And, and, yeah. yeah. Any, I, I am staunchly against the post checks in any way, shape, or form. So this is a big win for me. Yeah, it definitely works. Okay, so we I think we've at this point covered uh, the glossary. I feel good about that. I feel like we, we did a solid thing here. Um, there is obviously a ton more to this document. Fellas, um, let's, let's, let's be real here before we dive into the next section. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of stuff to still cover in this doc. Do we pick something else and talk about it and then call it? Do we try to just touch on the highlights and plow through? Uh, or what do, what do we want to do as we move to the next phase? What's what the sad part is like the most reading that I did and note taking I did was like in the first 10 pages, <laughs> nothing, nothing that was bad either, but I mean, we can, I think we can plow through it. Like how much, how much time are we going to try to dedicate? Listen, to that was most of my thoughts were in that first on that in the glossary area. Okay. So as long as we're not going to touch on every ability of every class and thing, we just kind of hop right along. I'm fine with okay. just diving in, but let's keep in mind we're. I know, I know, all of you out listening to this live or or listening to this as a podcast don't mind a three hour episode, but Troy will mind a three hour episode uh, uh, when they go to get podcastified. So um, we're going to make that happen. Like, like I'll like I'll even edit this for for kill a lot. That's right. <laughs> it's whatever. It's whatever at this point. Yeah. Um. Let's do it. Let's go. Yeah, All right. Let's let's, let's plow right in real quick here. Uh. So we are going to start with. Uh. Oh boy. Let any notes before we get into the player races. Just about determining your origin. All of that stuff. Yeah. I got a. I got a couple. I got a handful. All right. So first off, they flip the character generation steps around on this one. Class first, race second. On this, I thought that was interesting. That's a mm. that's a, a not a, not an insignificant change in the steps. Uh, so to me, it almost it, the, your class becomes what's really important 
in character generation, it's the first thing you want to consider, not your race, not your mm. background and things like that. Mm. That, was the, that was that. And then um, special traits are going to probably end up being unique. I'd like to see them as more like unique abilities and skills to that race. Uh, where as opposed to like uh, things like weapon and armor proficiencies and things like that, those things have been removed, which they're kind of like a wizard with a long sword. I mean, how often is a wizard going to really use the long sword? Gandalf, yeah. aside from Gandalf, right? Yeah. Um, uh, backgrounds grant ability score adjustments rather than racial ability enhancements. That's huge. Huge. That huge, big, big shift, right? Okay. Let's play my flag here? there for a moment. Yeah, go for it. All right. This is, so we did a little, a little preview tease at the end of Sunday's episode where we talked about this document or like our thoughts previewed. This is rule number uno that -hmm. makes me say this is 5.5. Yes. Because everything up until this point, I could say, okay, well, you're going to have a, uh, you know, this this version of a dwarf is better than this version of a dwarf. These feats are going to be a little bit better than these feats, blah, 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 blah. Right. But Mm -hmm. sure, you could still use the old player's handbook with this. You can't do that now. Mm-hmm. Right, like it, it, it completely. You cannot use the old player's handbook to select a class, um, and a race, and then the new player's handbook or a new option from a new book in general to pick your background or to build your background. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 it would not work at this point. Um, so sure, we all are, you got to do is say no. You just don't get those bonuses. Well, okay, sure, but that that's the same thing as saying that you can make 3.5 work as 5e. All you have to do is do some tweaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's what they all, said. But, but, but the idea of their statement was, <clears throat> let me see if I can pull it up here. I probably can't. Their statement was, you'll be able to use your, uh, let me just pull it up here. I don't know if I can do this in, in two seconds. Um, they had a statement on there. Okay, here. What does backwards compatible mean? It means that 5th edition adventures and supplements will work in 1D&D. Uh, uh, for example, if you want to run Curse of Strahd in 1D&D, that book will work with the new versions of the core rules. Our goal is for you to keep enjoying the content you already have and to make it even better. Here's what's noted here, Troy. And this is, I think, the big thing. Very specifically, adventures and supplements, the core rule books, will not work. Now, you can port them, you can convert them if you're willing to do it on your own, but very clearly here they're saying that you won't be able to mix and match core rulebook from 2014 with core rulebooks from 2024. Hmm. Yeah, it, and that hinders me about as much as taking an AD&D module and running it in 5e. It doesn't. You, yes, new players that come in. They're not going to buy the old shit anyway. You're gonna, so they're not. You're telling me that they're not gonna bother buying once the in 2024. Nobody's gonna buy Curse of Strahd anymore. Once, once those new people, those brand brand new people that buy this new version, have played it a while and have gotten enough into the zeitgeist to know there was something cool back in the original Five E days called Curse of Strahd, they'll have enough chops that they'll be able to do it. Hmm. I and think I'm not, that I'm, not gonna, I'm, I'm sure that they will be able to. May, I don't think it's going to be as I easy think as you sh- make out. It's going to. I don't think be. it's going to be hard at all. I don't think that Strahd. Okay, so 
for Strahd and those adventures, I don't think that's going to be the problem. I, I 100% feel like there has to be a, there will be a, a point of clarity and it's strictly in the, in the, in the seat of the player, the DM Troy, I think I'm with you, right? Like as a DM, I think, I don't think it's going to be that big of a deal in the player's side of it though, right? If I'm a player and I come to the table and I have my player's handbook clutched in my clutched tight to my chest, right? And I sit down and I say, I built an elf, and elves get a, I don't even know what they get anymore, a plus two to charisma and a plus one to intelligence, right? And uh, this, that, and the other. And um, this guy over here says, well, my elf gets a blah, 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 for blah, 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 blah. And this guy over here says, well, my elf gets a blah, 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 for blah, 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 blah there is going to be confusion there. And that player is going to say, well, where did you get those options? Well, you have the old player's handbook. The new one has all the new stuff. And yeah, you could play with that tonight, but it's not going to be as good. Or it would, or it might be just as good. Other well, than the statement, that. Let's, let me say, let me throw this out there too, yeah. that the other big, the significant shift in this outside of just ability scores is there's definitely a power differential. And they said that as much in the video. Is, that that well, was part of yeah, the totally fine. Not, because that's not they're, a knock. You're getting, everybody's getting a feat at the beginning. Well, there's not just a feat. They're also getting additional skills. They're getting additional languages. Like, the humans and, and, will have two that, feats at the beginning as opposed and again, to one. That is easy to take care of. It's like, okay, so you build it you know, from a, from the book that came out 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, here, here's a, here's a list of first level feats. Grab one. Put it in there. But we you're don't not need talking, to worry about your. You're talking about a con, that's a conversion doc, though. You're talking about that's no. A whole, I'm, talk, whole I'm talking about opening doc. up. I'm talking about opening up the brand new player's handbook and going here. Here's here's the first level feats that you would have gotten to choose from had you made it in the modern way. Grab one real quick. But that's not that's not backwards compatibility, though. Is what I'm getting at. Why isn't it? Because you have to everything build else it, about that character is fine. Function. But you can like you can still play it the old school way with whatever it is to come out with outside of the player's handbook. But I feel like there, uh, I would be surprised to see them not shift their design philosophies to, to account for the power creep intended the baked in power creep that we're going to end up seeing with any of the new stuff that comes out after the, the new player's handbook comes out. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not entirely convinced that we're going to see true backwards compatibility with this. I think you're going to have, there's going to be some level of conversion that's going to have to happen. I think, I think your idea of backwards compatibility and my idea of backwards compatibility are two different things. Maybe just because this character, this, this elf that Zach has brought is not as powerful as everybody else's third level elf makes no difference. Does the does the roles do the roles work the same way with this character as it does with the new characters? Yes. Does the guy cast spells? Yes. Does he swing his sword? Yes. Does he roll a d20 to do it? Yes. It's all the same. The power level has no bearing on backwards compatibility or forwards compatibility. The compatibility comes in the in the rules and the way they work, the dice mechanic and the way they work where Oh, I rolled a twenty on my on my fireball. I crit. No, you didn't. You know that kind of a thing. It's just, it's all the same thing. You're making the same rolls, the same checks. They might be caught a little bit different. There might be minor clarifications here and there, but you're playing the same game in That's, the same way. I can buy that. I can, and I I agree. I agree with a lot of that. I my it comes down to me is 
<clears throat> this is an unfair, this is in some ways an unfair statement. All right. So, so feel free to yell at me for it. Um, but I have never once since 5e has come out, we're going to ignore 4e for a minute because it was a hot mess and completely different. But I have never once had a player come to me and say, I have a, th I have a third edition or a 3.5 character. I built it from there. Can I run it in here? Is that fine? I have instead seen, but I have seen numerous players, now not personally, but on the forums and Facebook groups and things like that, take pictures of 3.5 books or fourth edition books. And they say, is this the player's handbook that I need to play D&D? Mm -hmm. &D? Because it says 3.5, but it also says D&D. &D. Can I use this in fifth edition, right? We've all seen that. And the answer that they always get, whether or not you can port it over, which I agree, Troy, you could, right? You absolutely could. And for a DM that, that's been around for a little while at all, I think that that's not a big deal sort of a situation. Mm -hmm. But the answer that they always get is no, right? You need to get this book and they link to the Amazon store or whatever, right? And so for me, that's the litmus test of is this, are we actually moving to something new? If the community isn't going to accept this book as still a viable option, then we have moved. But if it but does accept it, then but yeah, we, we don't. Can't, we can't say that they... Yeah, we can't say that for definitive, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, because absolutely. because I mean, what you're saying is, you know, if somebody, if a new player sends me a picture of three five, I'm going to say no, that's not the book that you want. Because could we port those characters over? Of course, of course we could. Yeah, but I'm not gonna because it's like <laughs> I don't want this person to dive down that crunchy rabbit hole of three five. Yeah, and then get to the table at, with fifth edition right. or whatever right. it might be. Because the backwards compatibility thing is is the exact same as if I want to play if I want to play one of these characters in an Eberron game. There's rules mm -hmm. in here that's that's going to be slightly different, but it's the same dice rolls, it's the same base idea, it's the same mechanics. I can do that. That's fair. That's fair. And that's compatibility. I think that there are similarities. I agree with you wholeheartedly that there are similarities and we roll a D20 and higher is better. That's good. There's the, there are terms that we're going to use that are going to be homogenous. They're going to be synchronous, I should say, between the systems. What I'm getting at, though, is like I'm not con I'm not saying no. What I'm saying is I'm not convinced yet that we're going to actually see true compatibility. What, what it sounds like to me is like, yes, I can take an AD&D adventure or even a character and I can port them over to to five E or to five five or whatever the the iteration is going to be referred to as, but I don't so, think that it's going to be as as easy as well. It, so, it's, you're going to have you're going to have to refactor it in order for it to work. That is that to me, like we're talking about the definition of backwards compatibility, the ease by which I can transfer something from one to the next determines whether or not something is actually backwards compatible. And and, and, and I argue that. I could take my human champion fighter that it, I built that I built today. I can take I'll be able to take that into a game in 2024 and I'll be able to play it just as easy as I as I could tomorrow. And I think you're right. Will I get my butt kicked by some of the new <laughs> stuff? Probably, but that has nothing to do with compatibility. That's power creep. I think that right now you are right. 
and 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 I hope that that side of it remains accurate, and I, I hope that you remain right because that would be interesting. Um, yeah, I don't see anything in this UA that says that you won't be able to do that, right? Certain things that you might read in your player's handbook may not work exactly the same, like the conditions that we just talked mm -hmm. about. But as long as you're okay with being told that's not how that works anymore, you could still play. And it's and gonna be small changes. The yeah. main thing is the main thing is I don't want right now we're we're talking about Really, the conditions and a couple little things um, <laughs> uh, are really the only things that are going to come up like that. If yeah. we, if now, caveat, this is play test one. These build on each other, right? Like there comes a point where enough little rules tweaks become frustrating to the point of I don't oh, want to yeah. mess with it. That's right? all I'm saying. Yeah. So, so yeah, like, can we take three and and can we play a, a third edition play a character and play it in three five? Yep, mm -hmm. that's backward compatibility. At this, can can is that possible with this? Yes, right now the way that it is, more than likely, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. But what I'm getting at is that you're. I think this is going to transform and it's going to polymorph over time into who knows. More, no, no, into no. I think it's going to. It, I think it is, it'll move further away from. It is not going to do that because. Every year, fifth edition grows and grows and grows. It has record sales. There is no reason to shit the bed and make it a completely different thing that you now have alienated all those people that help you create this. I hope you're right. I'll leave it I mean, at that. Yeah, it's a I'm not I'm not convinced, but I but I hope you're right. <laughs> yeah. Cross your fingers. Uh there's nothing like like we're okay so far. I think. Yeah, and I mean, even um, if, like, even even at this point, even if it does refactor completely, and we're talking about like sixth edition, I'm still buying it. I'm still going to play it. I'm probably right. going to love it. I yeah. will too, but they're not going to do that. Because, I mean, that's just not a smart business move. Yeah. Uh, okay, so I think we're in agreement, uh, or at least we've we've come to a consensus there of some sort. So <laughs> let's 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 round out any other quick thoughts that you had john or troy on the beginning part before we get into the races and i kind of touched the other stuff too like backgrounds are going to be uh re like or configurable yeah. and the and the feats the extra yeah. feet at the first level now okay. uh, that's pretty much it the one thing that kind of stood out to me in this on this very first page is why they why are they putting so much emphasis on the language choice Determining your origin, a race, a background, and a language. You have to choose a who gives a shit. Language language and a language in your background. Yeah, you get a language in your background and then you also get to choose it's like And common. Okay, it, it does yeah, and common. It's like and, this language and your race choice, might have it too. This language choice it's right here that they they're making a pillar of determining your origin. Uh come on. I love, there's a, I can't remember, maybe somebody in chat will help us remember, uh, uh, and Girk saying he has the same question. Um, I love, there's a system that says, like, there's only like three languages in the world, and it's mm -hmm. like, oh, you know what it is? It's Toon Punk, and it's like the language of law, the language of chaos, and the language of something else. Mm -hmm. And that's as simple as it is. If that was your choice, I think it's super important. Yes. But when you have 50,000, like, languages are the things that I'm just like, guys, please just take as many languages as we need to to make it never important yeah, in our games, you, right? 
you've you've already got spells and other things that make this point completely moot. And you get those spells and items, you can get those relatively quickly in the game. So do not sit there and try to tell me that choosing any language is that important. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's... Unless they make this such an emphasis that to Baradroid's point, they they make ritualistic... Comprehend they the comprehend language is a ritual right now. So you oh, can they cast can, it a million they times. They can do whatever they want. It's still not going to get played that way. Yeah. And if they think it is just because they put it in a in this document, then they have a lot more issues. Than, it's than, just weird. Than it's, a, it's just it stupid. Feels, yeah, it, like it, it's exhaustive now. Like if we're gonna if we're gonna remove the idea of alignments being an important thing, then let's remove the idea of languages, at least noodly languages being an important thing. Yeah, and that's the problem. There's so much bloat to all these different languages they, that they have. And then they have, you know, in these feats and things that are the backgrounds that you get languages just be, you know, oh, you can speak known because you're an artist. Mm-hmm. Why? That's not language necessary. of artisans because yeah. the background demands that you give at least one language. Well, that's dumb. I'm, well, yeah. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. There, you want to talk, there is a significant amount of bloat in it, though. But they yes. a first level dragonborn will have yeah. four languages that they know. Yeah, I also love that their statement on languages is, and this is a little bit further down the page, but they say your character begins play knowing at least three languages common, a language by, provided by the character's background, and a language that you know from the standard languages table below. Knowledge of a language means that your character can communicate in that language and read and write in it. Alright, so here's the note, right? So, when you build your character, right, let's say I pick alert as my feat, right? Does not give me a language. Um, so, I right now I have common, and I have uh, and I have a language that I can choose from my standard languages. So, you're telling me that my Genasi cannot know Primordial. Because mm-hmm. Primordial is a rare language, and even though it's the language of elementals, my Genasi cannot know it. Well, you better be picking a background that gives it to you. That's right. That's what I'm saying is, like, it's a little bit weird. It's Well, just, no, not like, really. It's not really weird, I don't think so. Because yeah. they're not telling you to, that you have to pick one of these backgrounds. These are sample backgrounds, and they're saying the default is to build your own background. Right. These are samples. So you can just say, you know what? I'm a Genasi laborer and as such I sure. don't Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. No, I, you know what? Well, I'm and, okay. Also and not. also you may not, right? It's totally feasible for you not and you to. May not. I I know more than enough of my buddies that like grew up in in Hispanic households and didn't know a lick of Spanish. Know, no Spanish, none. But like yeah. a dude from like had a kid that his mom and dad came straight from China and doesn't know any Mandarin or Cantonese at all. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Uh. Trying to keep us moving here. Um. Good luck. Can we dive into races at this point we now? Can. Yes. Let's do it. All right. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be really quick in and out on this. So the only notes I have on races is that they removed all half races. Yep. Right, and they added orcs and ardlings. Um, well, I think if you're going to have, they kind of got rid of half race. Yes, yes, they yes. they put right. in a caveat yeah. for how you can play it, exactly. which is and fine. They, which effectively, for those at home, the way that it works is, if you're a half dwarf mm-hmm. and half elf, you pick one of the two stat blocks to choose from, and you can intermingle however you want to the way that they look. 
and then you average the age. Yep. That's and that's what you do. That's it, that's that's it. And it's, I, it's, I don't I don't like the idea that any humanoid can mate with any humanoid. Hmm. Just be, I mean, in a, if that's how you want to play it, you cool. Do that. For me personally, I just don't like the idea that you know a human and a dragonborn can hook up and have a half dragonborn. You know, you're not trying hard enough because it's like, <laughs> well, I, I think dragonborns probably lay eggs. So how's that going to work? It's only one way to find out, man. I'm not saying you can't hook up with one. <laughs> I'm not saying you can't pull the Captain Kirk. I'm just saying. I uh, I think it's a good change, and I I don't I never liked that <laughs> tieflings were available. Yeah, I hate I, tieflings. I, yes, I never liked that droid. tieflings were available, but but ASMR weren't available mm-hmm. in the player's yeah. handbook. So I'm like, we should have one. If, if we're gonna have one, we should have both. Yep, agreed. And so they they made this Ardlane, which I guess is their answer to that. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Like I'm, I'm not. Really? I'm really? not. Um, well, hold on. Let's see. Um, before we get too far in, I don't like how speed is done. I'll talk about that later. Um, but that's just a personal preference for me. Um, I, again, I don't like the way everything can mate with everything. Um, humans, I guess I guess everybody's a standard or a, a variant human now, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there is no variant human, right? They've, they've normalized humans yeah. between... And, there's no optional. Yeah, and that's fine. Um, yeah. I do find it odd, and this happens throughout every, out this whole... All these races, is... Um, why do some races get to choose between medium and small, and others don't? <clears throat> well, it's completely subjective. The Crawford statement was, well, there are certainly humans. We know that there are humans that are small sized in our world. So we need to account for that, which is fine, yeah. whatever. Agreed. And then they're like, and then the reason we now let tieflings be that is because we know that there are small sized imps and mm-hmm. demons and devils. So we should let them have that too. True. Um, but I, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, well, I mean, I'll talk about dwarves a little bit more in a little bit, but there are small dwarves in Dragon in uh, in Dragonlance. The Gully Dwarves are small. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's in it's in D anD D canon or whatever yeah. they're calling canon these days, right? It should make a lot of sense that I think dwarves should be able to be small sized. I completely agree. With that. I would love if, to if see humans Kirk. can dwarves can. I would love to see Secret play Teacup or Kirk Teacup or right. I love that. <laughs> you win the internet tonight. You're, you're like Kirk. you're like. Uh, uh, what are those? What are those old those miniature like t- Doberman pincers? They, a schnauzer. Yeah, they they think they're all big and bad. And they're all, yeah. Well, um, if we're st- we're talking about humans, right? So I know we kind of we're jumping all over the place a little bit here. But let me let me throw this one out there. I'm not sure how I feel about resourceful. You gain inspiration whenever you finish a long rest. I like. I mean, it. It's interesting, and I I can see where someone would like it. To me, though, it's like it takes the 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 dungeon master's like well. I, like you've already got something, in, a, a bullet in the chamber that I can't give you for a good role play or doing something cool. But that I think that's completely removed as a concept for the most right. part. Right, yeah. right, right. And and but I like it because then if if that player rolls a twenty straight out of the gate, here you go, buddy. I'm giving my inspiration that I just earned from my twenty to you. Right. Which yeah. which is interesting too. But by the way, kind of going back, dipping back into the inspiration stuff because sharing inspiration and giving it to other people. That's something that we were doing at the tables. I like yeah. that evolved over the course of the last 10 years. I feel like that's just an adoption for it yeah. actually being in the, the book. It, it was in the book. 
you could give you could but the thing about inspiration and i think the reason why they're doing this is is they've now you know codified it because you know we play a lot of al we run a lot of al and walking through the hall (coughs) you would see dms never use it Mm. and other dms like me i have a bag of candy to help me remember and so I used it all the time. Mm-hmm. So this puts a rule in it because inspiration is a really cool thing, I think. And this yeah. gets it out there. Mm-hmm. Is so so after humans we have Ardlings. We've already touched on them, but uh, I think the... they're all <sighs> they're all animals, though they're all anthropomorphic. Well, right. they're animals' heads. Animal heads. It, why? Right. And th- here, here's the reason why I don't like them. If this is the base, if this is in the base player's handbook, right? Those races, as far as I'm concerned, anything that appears in the, in the player's handbook should probably be the races that appear across all settings because those are your mm. base races. Mm-hmm. Which now means that these Ardlings are going to be ham fisted into the Forgotten Realm somehow. They did that with Dragonborn. They did it with, yeah, exactly. They did, and they, they keep did it with doing it. They keep doing it. It's like, Stop yeah. doing it, because one, these race, this race does not fit a genericized fantasy campaign. If this was like Egypt mm. or something like that, these guys would be really cool. Mm. But I, I just don't like the fact that I'm a, I'm a frog-headed dude with fairy wings <laughs> <coughs> flying around. Get yeah, all of what's wrong with wings. What, yeah? What's wrong? Too. What's wrong with Asimar? Why can't we just have Asimar in here? Right. I'm I don't, I I'm getting tired <laughs> of all of the weird races being thought up and slammed. That's what happened with Fourth Edition. Every book that came out, it's like, oh, uh, let's do twig people and let's do talking rocks. That's well, essentially do... what we've been doing, though, right? It's like, come on! But now it's in the player's handbook. But now it's in the player's saying. handbook. Yeah. Well, but you're you're going to have at least one additional race that's going to be added to the player's handbook. They've done that. Consistently with yeah. every single edition. I, I then it should have been goblin. Keep... Then it should have been goblin. Should have been goblin. Should have been something I, that, we've down with that, that we've already. Or Goliath. Nah. Or Goliath. Giants I, are a big theme in the Forgotten Realms and in a lot sure. of their core settings. Yep. Let... But goblins am... are universal, though. Goblins, goblins are, are everywhere. Indeed. Sure, sure. True. I think goblins should. I think goblins should have been in here. And honestly, I think while you're at it, you should have thrown in hobgoblins. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that too. And, um, and bugbears. Probably, I bugbears are on borderline for me, but but I I I, I think there's just do like a, le- a legacy. It's goblinoids, yeah, and then your legacies are your different, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, your different yeah, yeah. schisms, right? All right, gosh, uh, okay. no, dragonborn, so, dragonborn, dragonborn. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. they're fine. Fine. All right, <laughs> moving along. There you go. That, so nothing's changed about dragonborn. That's great. Let's move on. Uh, dwarves. Are you ready? Here, here's oh. here's the thing. Here's the controversial thing. Uh, uh-huh. You, you want to go ahead first, John? No, no. Let's, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll allow it. Okay. So, <laughs> reading through this, every dwarf has the ability called Forgewise, which means that somehow, supernaturally, regardless of who they're raised by or where they exist in the world, they know how to use a forge. Yep. It's mm-hmm. 
And that's exactly like that first line of it, your divine creator gave you, right? Like that's their excuse for getting it to still stay in, Mm -hmm. even though it doesn't make sense for it to be in there. It's like, it should be a background thing, but like, they're like, well, but we really think dwarves are, it's important that dwarves are all dwarves are using tools. And even though we've made this set, this precedent of, you know, culture stuff goes in backgrounds. It's not going to go in the background this time because we want it to make sure that every dwarf is a is a. Well, it's like I was cutter. talking about at the very beginning okay. too with these these kinds of traits. Things like all dwarves use uh, are trained in how to use axes. Um, even I don't buy that, right? Gully dwarves, yeah. right? We'll use that well, as the, as an example, right? It, it goes. This goes against what they put out in Tasha's as in, and they lauded Tasha's as this great awakening of how to look at character creation. Yeah, how. We ha- we can now divorce the 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 lineage from all of these things because okay so now if my dwarf is raised by uh, you know pixies in the woods there's no forges anywhere but he somehow knows how to use yep. a forge why why can't I have a cultural thing from the pixies instead that would make more sense and, and be a lot more fun. I feel like this flies in the face of saying they want to be inclusive and understanding and, and all of this stuff, you know, with the discussion of different races in D and D being, being, you know, racist. That's what, you know, this is the same thing. You're painting them with that wide brush that all dwarves get this because why? Well, because they're dwarves. Well, I think because- some of that you're going to see, right? You're going to see some of that. Like all dwarves have dark vision. All dwarves have yes, but that, dwarven but resilience. That's complete, that's a, but that's completely different. That's I well, agree with Troy on this one. That, I'm not dis- well, I'm not disagreeing. What I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the point that I'm going to end up making, though, is that it is I, – I don't, I don't know a setting that doesn't have dwarves being created by a creative – like all of them, it's Moradin, Reorks, and so on. Every single That's, one of them, they're all created by a, a divine power that is centered around, their portfolio is centered around creation, forging, crafting, you name it. And that is, that is such a great point, John, mm-hmm. in the sense that that is their get out of jail card for this. I guess. I but, guess. But, but, but here's the thing, right? It is their get out of jail card. But, but if you're going to do that, we've had this discussion several times. If you're going to do that, then what you have said is that the planes and the deities on those planes or that, that oversee those planes are important. Yep. And you, by golly, have to live with the consequences of that. Right. Like, and so that's where it frustrates me when we say, Dwarves, because they were created always by a divinity of creation, they always have forge-wise. But and let me use an extreme example here. But tieflings, even though they come from planes of 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 evil, mm-hmm. right? Even though they have that in their bloodline, plainer blood runs through them of an evil affinity. They can be whatever alignment they want to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's this. It's this weird. It's it's like oh you know we want it for this, but it's okay for this you know to not do it for this. Well, it's and like, orcs. Mm. So it's like it's, so you use orcs, right? And and a lot of the uh, planar deities that orcs worship, they very are that create the orcs. It's a very brutal 
almost sadistic mm-hmm. deity that created them, right? Now, there's a few that that's not the case, like Eberron, right? But the majority, if you're going to use a baseline, so is it, you know, I don't know. I don't well, know. Here, I just, let me, let me throw this at you. I think what they were tr- trying to get away from is dictating your character's inherent morality, right? Not necessarily what you're good at, what you may or may not be good at, or like a, a curiosity or like dwarves, right? Like uh, I think what they may be trying to get across with four <sighs> okay. wise is that like, they're always like dwarves have like an inherent curiosity or like a knack with. No. Things. Okay. So, so I'm going to argue strongly against that. And I feel like we've been arguing for a while, but you know what? I'm going to do it again. Um, <laughs> um, I'm getting used to it. They don't have an innate curiosity or an innate knack. They have an innate skill. Yes. Yeah. And, and, that's not, I don't like the statement of, well, because the dwarves have a neutral deity, they get that de- deity's benefits. But if, if you had a, if you have an evil creator or a super good creator, you mm-hmm. don't, you don't align with those. Dwarves are special because their deity is neutral. And so they can have traits of that deity. I'm I don't saying, like that. I don't think that it's because they're neutral. I think because it's part of the deity's por- portfolio that made them. Like right, the, but the, but the deity but, made them with a specific purpose is to make other crafts folk. Yeah, in the universe. Now, let, let me I'll, since we're on this, the we're arguing. I'll I'll argue this right back at you that again that they're not born with an inherent skill. They're I could you can argue that they're born towards a desire to gain a skill, and then over the course of their lives, until they reach their like their their you know adulthood. And they they move on that they've even if like it's a dwarf that's raised by pixies maybe it's a dwarf that's fascinated with jewels and gems and becomes a, a gem cutter or I, becomes, I yeah you can have tinkers tools or jewelers tools or masons tools right, or whatever I, mean, I right. see what you're saying there and so again I'm not I guess what my thing mm-hmm. is that I they're, you're not forcing them to dictate morality like you're that's they, true. They, like are they murderous no they just it's a skill that now that they okay pick so up. if that's the case then change it from forge wise because let's use the, the pixie thing mm-hmm. it should be carpentry tools then at that well, it point should, because right. it should, like they want forge wise, it'd be like right it'd be like crafter yes it or, would be craft not or creative right yeah, don't don't make it you know make it an, an internal drive to create stuff mm-hmm. yeah. don't say oh yep they've got to do all dwarf type creative creative stuff mm-hmm. you know or yeah. or give them a choice you yeah. know I, I I'm just against them forcing this idea when you do it for anybody else and they they get all upset about it. Yeah, but you know, make it they can either be forge wise or maybe they get the dwarven weapon stuff or you know whatever it might be. Give them I think a choice. Sometimes I I I kind of get I get confused on where the line is with yeah. what 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 people get upset about well, saying they move that are explicit they move it all the time. Well, not even just like uh, not just Watsy, but like pretty much like a lot of folks that get really, really upset about well, in either direction, right? Like I have yeah. to have it; they have to have Forge Wise, they have to have Stone Cunning because yeah. all dwarves are that's where they or the people that are like, well, they know they need to be a blank slate, and then we because everybody's a blank slate, right? Yeah. I don't know exactly where like the the line yeah. is. I, I feel I think like it's I feel like person. you know dwarves being resistant to poison, yes, because they're just a hardy folk. It's in their DNA. Well, but again, though, now you're, you're they, they, now that's a generality. That's what I'm, that's kind of what I, I'm getting at is like, 
when where does it where does the gener- where do the generalities become that's problematic? A, you know what I mean? That's like saying most people from the Netherlands, you know, they're they're know. tall and blonde. Yes, they are tall and blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I know, but that's where we that's where they remove their ability score modifiers from races yeah. too, right? Like like right. trying to get away from mechanical advantages. But they're still but too. dwarves are still dwarven toughness, dwarven yeah, resilience. Right. I'm looking yeah. at it right here. Yeah, like I'm yeah. a champion for all of the stuff that's on here, but the question is, how is how is dwarven how is dwarven resilience any l- less pro- problematic than forge wise? Because it's, it's because it's not. I mean, it just I, I'm sorry, I, I don't. There's no other way to say it. It's just they're not. They were, you know, they are a hardy race yeah. of people. How so do, physiology how, versus neurology? How do yes? How do you how do you portray that in the game without saying you have to take plus two in constitution. The way you do that is you say, well, they get, they're resistant to poison and they get bonuses to, you know, to to avoid poison. That's how you show that it's a very hardy race of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll leave it at this because again, I think we've got, like we could spend an entire episode on talking about this, but at the same time though, Plus two con versus resilience to poison. What's the difference, right? It's, one is a numeric right. value versus like they're both numeric values. One is half damage, one yeah. and advantage because, on because goals. one does not limit your class choices. Yeah, not well. Yeah, I mean that's that's one hundred percent. That's, that's what it is. all it is because that's I, all if it I is. have they to want to get away from that. If yeah. I have to put a plus two, if I have to put my plus two in Constitution to show that I'm a hardy creature then that means I'll never be as good as a human wizard. Okay, so then then I think what happened is we ended up diverging on why it was a problem then, I think. Because I'm, I'm 100% behind dwarves that have a plus two to intelligence and a plus one to dexterity. Yep. And like, I think, why why not? You yes, know, why I, not? I am too. I, I love that. But if you want to be like, if you want to be the dwarfiest of dwarves, like the or the stereotypical dwarf or the paragon of dwarves, then it's going to be a plus two to con and plus one to strength or something like that. Yep, I get exactly. that. Yeah, I think what I was getting around, beating around the bush with, is just that from a problematic standpoint, like why does why is one more dangerous than the other? I guess to me, yeah. they're both like they're both physiological. It's uh, well, forge uh, yeah. you know. Because you know you can kind of see that you know certain certain people are they're hardy. You can't look at somebody and go, "Oh yeah, I can tell they're all crafters." You know, yeah. it just I don't know. It just yeah, it's tricky. Well, look, listen. I think I think I've got to say we've got about twenty minutes left at most before we're going to have to bail on the sucker. And at this rate, we're not even going to make it through the races. <laughs> yeah, we're so. not going to get through races. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, elves. Um, elves. Yep. They they can't be small apparently, and I'm upset yep. because I'm an Elf Quest fan, and I think they should have tall elves and small elves. Um, um, mine is a like I'll, mine's a, th- a callback to to dwarves with elves. Dwarves don't have multiple lineages, but elves do. Yep. Yep. What the hell? Yep. What? And but now, uh, elves can be charmed. Yes. And they can be magically sleeped. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yes, but also, so, so, so I, I, I want to reinforce John's statement there. So Crawford's statement on this was that we have defined, like, like 
line drawn in the sand sub races for elves. Drow are 100% a different culture and a different group of people than high elves, which are a different group and a different culture than wood elves. That's his statement. And that you don't have that with hill dwarves and mountain dwarves. All all dwarves are cool with all dwarves, basically, was the or types Except of dwarves. Except for Durgar. Except for Durgar. But Durgar, he didn't really... Jelly dwarves, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, it very much was a Forgotten Realms statement that he mm-hmm. applied to everything, which I didn't really care for, but whatever. Yeah, which, anyway, um, which is inherently wrong because he didn't say Dur- Durgar. Yeah, uh, right. I think we can move on with the with the note that lineages. It seems weird that elves get to keep their lineage. And I, and I don't. Yeah, what I don't understand is like in in the little blurb, it's like okay, so all the elves threw in with Lolf to go against Coralon and the only ones that were forgiven were the w- ones that apologized. So that's fine. But what happened to the ones that didn't? Because apparently the skin tone change for drow came about because they decided to live underground. And of course, when you live underground, the first thing you think is going to happen is your skin's going to turn dark and your hair's going to turn white. <laughs> Over time, you know, it's kind of like, you know, that's the thing that makes sense. The thing that doesn't make sense is looking at a creature like Gollum where your skin gets like almost translucent um, <laughs> and you lose your hair and your fish. eyes get bigger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you don't need, you know, you definitely need to guard against sunburn when you live underground. And so your your skin needs to get darker. It's tricky. Yeah, yeah it's just yeah. weird. I don't, I don't think gnomes? I don't understand. No gnomes. Gnomes? Anyone? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna help crack the whip too. Yeah. yeah. Uh gnomish cunning is broken as hell. Advantage on all oh, yeah. intelligence, wisdom, and yeah. charisma saving throws. Get that out of there as soon as possible. That is that's gotta be a misprint. Well I think you're missing I think you're missing the biggest affront as far as gnomes are concerned. Okay. There is no mention at all in this document about big noses. <laughs> yeah, what's with that? What <laughs> kind of happy horse shit is this? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I think John, that you're right. This is, this is a weird one. Yeah, I, really I don't know what to say other than that. Uh, it's weird. The lineage, otherwise, the lineages are fine. Do whatever. people do people not play gnomes that often, and they, so they had to beef this one up so that more people will do it? I guess. Man. I guess so, man. It's oh, just okay. weird. All right, uh, halflings. How do we feel about halflings? They're fine. They're fine. 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 They, there, there fine. needs to be a lineage in there. There is. Kinder. There is in the thing. I thought. I thought. I thought Kinder okay. weren't halflings. They're not. They're not halflings. I was just. I was being. I was trolling. Not everything could be Dragonlance, John. <laughs> yeah. Everything has to be Dragonlance. <laughs> uh, how about orcs? Uh, uh, go ahead. Grumsh is now a good deity. Is this what I'm reading? There's nothing in there that talks about how bad of a duty is. Yeah. And they're all waiting for him to call them forth to do battle for stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like a like a god of the Klingons. Is I think the way that they're trying to paint him. Now. Yeah. It's like why can't okay? You're, you're putting all you're putting these stupid ardlings in here. Why don't you just put another orcish deity to be the counterpoint to Grumsh mm. instead? It's, it's well, a, that with Corlon with uh with a drow anyway, right? That was the counterpoint to Lolf, well, wasn't it? But even though in that little blurb, it it does not give me give me the vibe that Lolf was an evil deity. 
She just mm. was against Corallon. It doesn't say Corallon was a good guy. Maybe they're intentionally trying to make it neutral in the way that it's written so that you can decide so, what to do with it. So let's there. make everything vanilla. Gen- blah. Oh, well, yeah. we've already talked about uh, that. It's <laughs> like, like if you're going to make every deity neutral vanilla, then why are we, why do we have planes? Why, why do you have, exactly. why are we, yeah. why do we have a multiverse? I, I, I could, I can accept them still as neutral if they really want to go that way, because you would just have them domains like Pathfinder presents with clerics or whatever, right? Like just have a billion domains for billion deities and you would just remove the ones that are evil or good. Right. And yep. it's fine, whatever. But when you're talking about planes, it's like, just get, ri- so we need to get rid of all the planes of evil and good. And just just have neutral planes then, yeah. Because, yep. yeah. Then you do. Uh, let's see a couple of other quick notes. seven point right? So a couple funny. other quick notes for orcs. Adrenaline rush. They need to change that. Adrenaline is is not a thematic word that they should use in that. And that maybe it's a nit, a nitpick, but it's a medic. It's a medical word. Is that what you're? Well, it's, well, it's it is it's a, a modern a term. Modern it is a word. scientific term. Like yeah. it is. Yeah. What, well, it is the. Don't I mean? I got into a huge, huge internet fight over the names of dinosaurs because I'm like, would we actually call these things Tyrannosaurus rexes? Wouldn't wouldn't we call them like sword tooths or something like that? Yeah, why not? And I got roasted. Well, because that's only because I that's wasn't what their there. names are. That's what their names are. It's like, no, they're yeah, not for, for humans from. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah exactly. So it's like, whatever. or they'd have a name that doesn't have anything to do with their name, right? Or whatever. Bob. Uh, Bob. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then restless and en- relentless endurance oh. is awesome. Oh, yeah. keep, keep it up. Keep tieflings. Yeah. Uh, uh, tieflings. I, I like how they put in there. They really want you to pronounce it correctly. Right. The only one. <laughs> tieflings. It's not tiefling. It's not tiefling. It's tiefling. Uh, I just yeah, don't like the it. fact that they're a common race. I have never liked them as a common yeah, race. I agree. It doesn't. It it's doesn't weird. It, I'm glad though that they brought in Chthonic. Yep. If they're gonna, mm-hmm. if they're gonna do Tieflings, I want us to be able to have that Yugoloth connection, that 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 Loth connection. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's really nice because that's the type of Tiefling I want to play. If I'm gonna play a Tiefling, I think that would be great. Um, one with tentacles. One with tentacles, yep. or Indeed. or that looks like a fox or whatever, right? Like. Mm. Um, the other thing that I wanted to note um, here is that they got some pretty badass cantrips mm-hmm. for being a tiefling. <laughs> yeah. poison, poison spray, great. Chill touch, great. Firebolt, great. Like, would you compare that to the elves' dinky little thaumaturgy cantrips and things or, that they get? Or the gnomes <laughs> mending and prestidigitation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my gosh. Let me... Can I, let me... I have a de- de- a design, like a serious gripe, at w- with the way that they've done a lot of this too. Is that whenever you use spells to substitute racial abilities, I'm just not a fan of it at all, at all. Like this whole, well, we'll just give them each a different cantrip. That seems really lazy to me. That you wouldn't give them something else that's more unique or that's more specific, yeah. like a like with tieflings, a prehensile tail for some of the tieflings or something like that. Like, right. It's like, yeah. to me, it's like, it's, it is over. It is a, an over, it's definitely nothing else. It is definitely overutilized in this. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't hate it, but I, I, I think it would be cool if they did it the way you said. So yeah, I'm, I'm 
totally, I, I, I won't say I hate it, but I really don't like it. It annoys the hell out of me with the way that they do that. Okay. So listen, can we get through back? We've already talked about background some. Can we get through backgrounds and feats in 10 minutes? I, th- can we I feel think, good about that. I think so. I think yeah, we can so. do it. Okay. We can do it. 10 minutes, folks. Hang in with us. Okay, this is a long go. document. Uh, all right. Backgrounds. Okay. Backgrounds are build a bear now, right? Yep. yep. So let's, let's, yeah. All you really need to know is that you get a plus two to one ability score, plus one to another. You pick. Right. You get two skill skill proficiencies. You get one tool proficiency. You get one one language. Build it however you want to. Make whatever excuses you want to in your background to make it make sense to you. And then they give you a bunch of sample backgrounds. And then That's you totally get fi- 50 gold to spend on yes. equipment for your background. And you get a first level feat, which we'll cover in the feat section. Yes. And then really the, all of the the rest of the it is just sample builds of what yep. backgrounds can look like pre-built backgrounds using those rules. Yeah. And do I like it? Uh, very much so. I think this is where the, the ability score, it makes the most sense where the ability scores ended up as being in the backgrounds. I know that we, I know we have a complaint about the overutilization of multiple languages and stuff like that in there too, but otherwise I think it's fine. I don't for like these, these sample ones. And I know they're just sample ones. You can change it if you want. I don't think they should uh, hard code what gets the plus two and what gets the plus one. I think it should be ability scores. You can put your bonuses in and, you know, charisma dexterity because, because an entertainer can, you know, okay. So like right here, this entertainer, they get a plus two to charisma, plus one to dexterity. Well, what if this entertainer relies more on acrobatics and sleight of hand and things like that to entertain Mm -hmm. and not the, the charismatic nature of the performance. Yeah. Well, and you just be, have to make a variant. Right, you just need to make background. a variant. But I'm, I'm just saying for, for this, because right. a lot of people are just going to go right for these sample backgrounds and not even think to try to make their own. Well, but it says explicitly in here, if you decide to customize a pre-made background, you can choose any features in the background and replace them with the features of the same name. Yeah. Yes, it, yes. I, I agree. Again, I think that it's just an encouragement is what Troy's saying. Yes, Let's because, encourage people because to Because people aren't going to read that. A lot yeah. of people will not read that. They'll I didn't just read see, it. They'll just see background. <laughs> And do the background, right? Uh, and Bear Droid, uh, I was thinking the same thing. So Bear Droid's commenting that we're seeing them bringing back elements of four E and three yep. E in in mm-hmm. these things. I completely agree. I'm completely on board for it. I will smack you if Thaco shows up. <laughs> I'll tell okay. you one that I'll be surprised to, uh, if they don't do is either the equivalent of encounter powers or get rid of the bonus action. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay, well let's keep going. Feats. Okay, I'm gonna go yes, all the focus. way to feats. Feats. So so feats now are uh if you if you just looked at this document, you don't know the whole story, but basically um they are considering feats to be class like abilities mm-hmm. that are not tied to a specific class. Yep. And you yes. will unlock the ability to select various feats at different levels. Mm-hmm. So at first level, you will be able to choose from the first level feats. And as I understand it, based on their design, at fourth level, let's just say, at fourth level, you'll be able to pick from the fourth level feats or, or the, the first, first level feats. Yeah. Um, so it, it, there, there is... There will be additional prerequisites on top of level as well. Yes. Possibly. Yes. Possibly. I think that's the that's the needle that we don't know... There will yet. be for some. Well, it's, I'm well, sure there does, will though, be for some. If you look at, you look at the blocks, you've got... Oh, I, no, no, I agree with you, John. I agree with okay. you. I'm sorry. I, I'm saying, though, that 
what is the how extensively is that used? I see what you're saying. Right. Or, or, and what are the what are the essentially like what what kind of prerequisites are they going to have? What what, right. what are the what are the gate checks that they're going to have? Like they main, also have yeah. an additional uh, some additional text in here about the feats, whether they are repeatable or not. Yes, so yeah. you can take the feat multiple times. The 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 thing that I'm curious about is we already know what prerequisites look like at fifth edition, which is like you have to be this race, mm-hmm. right? Or you have to have one of you have to be one of these classes or something like that, right? We didn't see a lot of you have to have this first level, you have to have this feat before you can take this one. Mm-hmm. Right. That's the noodliness that I'm down for, but I don't know if everybody's gonna be for well, that and, and be, we also don't I mean they didn't have they probably just were like, you know, 21 pages is a lot. We don't want to put any more feats in there <laughs> yeah. to show. Well, oh, yeah, so yeah, this yeah, is yeah. just... Yeah. This well, is just yes. But here's the thing, though. We've already seen this. We have a pretty good idea of how they're going to do feats, though. We saw it in yeah. the Kryn UA. Yeah. We also uh, saw, like, the introduction of feats as a par- like a part of your background or as, like, everybody gets a feat mm-hmm. and, and, uh, at first level. They didn't explicitly say it was part of your background in the UA, but I think that's some of, some of the language that they changed with it. But you can see... Uh, for like, I think it was the Knights of Salamnia. Like yeah. you had to be, you have to have a strength of 13 and you had to have this, that, and yep. the other, some, some of the other prerequisites that were necessary and yes. level that, that would I, act as a check. I am 100% down for prerequisites that are one, that are like a prerequisite or something that is tied, just, just a, a statement. Right. I don't know that 5e really is the system to do feet trees, even though I like feet trees, like Barry mm-hmm. Freud's commenting on. Yeah. I don't know that I, like, I would be okay with it. I would be excited for it, but I don't know that it really fits the 5e feel to say, like, in order to get this eighth level feet, you will need to have taken the fourth level feet that's this and the first level feet that's this. Well, I agree with you. It is not 5e. What it is, is very much 3e. Yeah. Right. Very oh, much. For sure. I think I think if they do that, it needs to be limited. And not like, like you like you know a six feet deep. Yeah, tree. yeah, yes, one hundred percent. It's like if you want this, you have to take this first. Done. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. So here's what I would like to end with, Troy. Okay. We're talking about feats. Yeah. Troy built a collection of uh, first level feats already. I did. Um, because a lot of these feats are. Um, rebuilds of existing feats. There's some new ones in this playtest, but a lot of them are existing first level feats. Troy went out there, cracked the whip, and uh uh put put his nose to the grindstone, I don't know, and uh and added some more to the list. So uh right. you should go check those out. Yeah. And and that's and that's you know it, sticking to feats, that's my one the biggest complaint I have about these feats is there's not enough. <laughs> I don't for for each of the of the sample backgrounds there needs to be a choice for the players to make not just a single feat that they are stuck with mm-hmm. um so like you know like uh looking through the stuff like the crafting feat i hope this means that there's crafting rules coming <laughs> um uh, the lucky feat did you guys see the lucky feat where you can use it against attack rolls against mm-hmm. you that's pretty cool mm-hmm. Um, but then you've got, uh, like the criminal background gives you, or the charlatan background where it gives you skilled, right. As a feat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you're a rogue, a first level human rogue is going to walk out of character creation with 11 skills out of 18. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. like, whoa, crazy. Whoa. 
Uh, I've got a skill for that. I got a skill for that. I got a skill for that. And and you know what? Uh, at fourth level, I'm going to take this feat again, and I'm going to get more. Because so you can. Because yeah. you can. Um, yeah, I, I actually, and next week, we'll have more feats. That's right. Um, so where can they go level. to find those feats, Troy? They can sign up on our uh, for our newsletter. That's right. And it's at the bottom of the show notes in every podcast episode. And if you can't find it there, or if you're watching live or anything like that, and you want to just shoot us a message in Discord, Troy or I or whoever can send you the link to that right. newsletter link. Sign up. Uh, okay. We did it. It only took Ooh. us two hours. <laughs> there was a lot to go over, though. There's there was a lot. To go over. A lot. Yeah. Huge. And we had a great chat. Uh, lots of great people in chat. Yeah. Um, given their putting their thoughts to, to paper. Bear yeah, Droid, we could have got through it a lot Bear. faster if Tim wouldn't have been Tim, in the yes, uh, Andrew, uh, Mitch, everybody that was in here. Yeah, Kill a lot. Uh, you guys you guys are all and, lovely people. You're coming in clutch with the Samuel L. Jackson quote. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, hey, we're going to do this again. Uh, next Sunday, I don't know what we're doing yet. I would like to do something weird and funky and fun. So I don't know what that's going to be, but we did our crowdfunding corner. We don't have a creator interview lined up, so that's typically an opportunity to do something weird. So who knows what that'll be. Right. Uh, and then Tuesday, um, we'll be back with another regular episode, almost certainly. That said, we've been getting some more creator interview inquiries, so we'll see. Maybe we'll slip one of those in at that time, but... Uh, is there anything that I'm missing, fellas, that we should be letting the people know about? God, if there's anything else, help us. <laughs> okay, well, I tell you what. Uh, those of you on here live and those that, that may listen to this later, please jump into the Discord. Did you enjoy this episode of us tearing apart and giving our opinions about the the one D&D playtest packet, the first one? And let us know, do you want us to do this again? when the next playtest mm-hmm. packet comes out? Or do you want us to just not touch it ever again? That's right. And 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 let me be clear. Typically, we don't see that many comments about in that sort of a vein yeah. about like, oh, you guys should do that again. You guys shouldn't. So if you happen to do that, there's a pretty good chance that you will be the majority vote <laughs> in whatever <laughs> direction we swing. It's yeah. like, well, Girk voted that we're never going to touch it again, and that he's the only person that voted. So I he's guess that's the way it works, right? Like yeah. that that could happen. So your vote absolutely uh, could play into it. I am going to vote. My vote right now is that we only do this from this point on if we feel super inspired to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if if chat loves it, I I will I will I will become super inspired. I guess so. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, hey, thanks, John. Thanks, Troy, for hanging out again. And I guess until Sunday, we'll see you next time. Play some, or get ready to play some great uh, one D and D games. Uh, stay safe, everybody. Bye. <laughs> hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you like this episode and you want to continue the conversation with us, go ahead and 
head on over to our Discord. There's a link in the show notes, and you can always shoot us a message on Facebook to get a link there as well. Uh, While you're at it, if you wouldn't mind, give us a like on Facebook, give us a subscription over here on your podcast feed, uh, give us a review and some stars while you're at it. That would be awesome. That's the way we get in front of more people. And if you want to watch a live show, we're live almost every Sunday and Tuesday on Twitch and YouTube, and you can find links to all of that right there in the Discord. We'll see you next time.